welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Heath Paget. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and I am so excited to be hosting an episode of the RV Entrepreneur Podcast after quite some time. If we've never met before, I was a host of the RV Entrepreneur for several years before the amazing Joshua Sheehan took over the podcast last year, and I'm excited to be back. On today's episode, I'm interviewing my friend Ashley Mann. Ashley lived in a fifth wheel with her husband, Josiah, for several years. She's been a speaker at the RV Entrepreneur Summit, and she started a website called RV Inspiration and another site called Renovated RVs for Sale. Currently now on Instagram, her audience is over 100,000 people, and she's created a site and resource to help your RV feel like home. And she recently sold that blog to Alyssa and I, which we talk about in today's episode. We also talk about how Ashley got started with her website, what were some of the first articles that really got a lot of momentum, what she feels is most important when you're creating content on a blog or a website, how she works with other creators to actually make the content because she doesn't do a lot of it herself, how to differentiate yourself when you're creating content in a noisy world, and how to think about processing out your blog or content so you aren't critical to the business. One of the reasons I was most interested in bringing Ashley on for today's episode is because she really shares her mindset and philosophy around personal brand versus building a resource or website that is not as attached to your personality. And what are the pros and cons with each? Eventually, she was able to grow RV Inspiration and find a buyer, us. And a lot of times, whenever people finish their journey of creating content and maybe it's gotten traction or maybe it hasn't, the only options are quitting because it's so attached to who they are as people. But Ashley was able to build something that while still linked to who she was and what she was interested in, was ultimately a sellable business. This isn't always the right path for people, but I thought it was an interesting conversation to have, and I'm excited for you to hear it. Here we go. Ashley, what's up? Thanks for coming on the podcast again. Yeah, thanks. I was thinking that too. That it's been how long has it been since the last time I was on? I literally have no idea. We met in Denton, Texas. We were there because we had just moved there. So it's probably like late 2018, early 2019. 2019, yeah, because I was a speaker at RVE Summit 2019. And I think it was maybe like right after the summit that you yeah, we met. And I was like, oh, it's a real person. And you know, you're <laughs> fun. And I like you. And so it's like, yeah, hey. come talk at our conference. <laughs> That's the bar. That's the bar for speaking at RVE. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> you're my first guest that I'm having as uh, now I'm a monthly co-host on the podcast. And I'm excited to be able to jump in and, you know, tell your story and how it's progressed. The first time that you came on, you talked about kind of the beginning stages of RV inspiration. I think you had reached a point where it wasn't quite a beginner and you had gotten some traction, but you weren't quite where it grew to. And so there's some evolution that's happened then. And you recently sold RV inspiration, full disclosure. I'm the buyer. I listen, <laughs> I bought your blog. <laughs> but I, the reason I bring, brought you on was not to just blatantly promote this new thing that we bought, although I guess that will inevitably happen. But the point is, the reason I thought it was relevant is because there's been a lot of people who come on this podcast and they've built personal brands. And there's a lot of people who are travelers who may have a business that they're running, but then there's also an element of a personal brand that they're starting, whether that's a YouTube channel or a blog. And I think one topic of conversation that does inevitably come up, and at least it came up with Alyssa and I, is... Are we building something that is just a personal thing that's fun? 
or is it something that we're trying to eventually grow and step away from eventually? And right. so I think with what you've built with RV Inspiration and renovated RVs for sale, you've built something that ultimately you were able to insert your personality into, but step away from. And I think that that will be a fun topic for today's conversation. Yeah. So before we get into the selling, maybe a little high-level overview, you can tell us what was the you know, kind of 30-second origin story of RV Inspiration and why you started it. You know, I had actually forgotten what inspired me to start it until I was cleaning out my Google Drive folders as I was preparing for the sale. And I came across an old screenshot that I had saved in, I think, 2017. And it was a screenshot from the Digital Marketer blog, digitalmarketer.com. And that was a blog that my husband, Josiah, had been really like reading a lot to learn about content marketing and how to have a profitable blog. And at some point, I probably said something about like I was in a lot of Facebook groups where RV owners were sharing ideas. And I felt like it would be great if there was a central hub for all these ideas to exist in one place where people could find them. And this was back when people were kind of just beginning to renovate RVs and live in them full time as like a trend. So it wasn't something you could just look on Pinterest and see to the degree that you can now. So I had the idea and then Josiah sent me these links to these digital marketer articles about how to create a content kind of blog. And the quote that stood out to me, I don't remember it word for word, but it was basically the idea that the internet is overrun with information and that we don't necessarily need new information, but we need curators to gather that information and make it easy for people to find and organize it. So that was kind of the central idea that I had at the very outset of the blog was not that I'm the expert and I'm just telling you all about my experience of RVing, although I did do some of that. But when I see a great idea that no one else would ever come across normally, I want to be able to make it more accessible to people, of course, with the permission of the person that shared the idea originally. And that's really what the website was, curating RV ideas that I found. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people probably get holed up thinking that they have to be the domain expert or authority. And I went to a workshop one time and they were talking about like the different hats that writers or content creators can wear when it comes to that. And sometimes like you could be the hero of your journey where basically you are the person who's got this crazy idea and you're going to go do it and share people what you learn. I think I resonate with that a lot. There's also the authority or the teacher that has been doing, or the professor that's been doing it a long time, they're like, I'm an expert. I'm going to tell you how to do X, Y, Z. I don't resonate with that at all. And then, like you said, there's kind of the another hat, which is this curator, uh, like you're bringing all these ideas into, you know, this one house. Do you remember your first, you know, couple articles that you wrote for the site? Like, do you remember what those were? Um, I don't remember what the very first one was. I do remember kind of the first few. And one of them is actually still one of the top drivers of traffic to the website. It's about ideas of people who remove their dinette booth from their RV and then put in like something else, like a table or a sofa or just whatever. And I just collect it because the reason that I had that idea, I didn't know anything about SEO at the time or keyword research. I just saw that in the Facebook groups, people kept asking the same question over and over again. Um, has anyone ever taken out the dinette booth? And every time I would see that question, I would be like, well, if you just look, people asked that question last week and 20 people shared photos. And so finally, I was like, I'm just going to write a blog post and just share all these photos in one blog post. 
And amazingly, that's been like the most popular article on the site. So it's kind of mind blowing to me that that's of all, like, I feel like I've written lots of articles since that are way more interesting and better, (laughs) but um, that's still one that gets a lot of traffic. So the takeaway there is to go into Facebook groups and areas that you're interested in and just pay attention to what people are saying, basically. Yeah, because I mean, that one later, I found that it was getting a lot of keyword hits, but I didn't know that at the time. I just was listening to the audience, which I think is kind of the the principle behind what SEO even is. Something that you and I were talking about right before we came on, and we're going to like popcorn around a little bit is how things have changed in the landscape. That was four, five years ago, almost, mm-hmm. that you started RV Inspiration. Six years and ago. Yeah, six years ago. So six years ago. And when you think about the landscape today from a blogging perspective, like what are your thoughts on how that has changed and how you might go about it differently today? Or do you think that that playbook kind of is pretty, is pretty much the same? I think I have a very optimistic outlook on... Google, like the people that run Google, because I feel like through all the changes that have occurred, and there have been a lot of them, every change I've seen Google make to like their algorithm has been with the end user in mind, which is my audience. So a lot of people were worried about the helpful content update that was released last year, I think. And I'm in a Facebook group for my ad network. And I was seeing a lot of people worried about how that might affect their Google rankings. And Everyone in that group was like, well, if you're writing helpful content, then you shouldn't have to worry about it. And so that's what I see from Google over and over again is that, yes, people come out with like ways to kind of hack the system and rank. And it's been discouraging to sometimes have lower quality content that outranks my content that I feel like is better and I've worked very hard on. But I don't feel like it stays that way long long term. I think Google continually improves their algorithm and their motivation is to help the end user. So I believe, I mean, this is a kind of a faith element almost, but I believe that if I continue to put my audience and their needs first, then eventually Google will reward that, I guess. So even with all the changes of like more people outsourcing content writing to like very cheaply paid um, writers, and now even with AI as like a new people are writing amazing blog posts that are totally you never would know that they were written by AI. And that can be that can feel threatening to someone who feels like maybe their job is at risk. But I think that there is always going to be a human element of like personal experience and quality. And if you I mean, I just feel like if you continue to know what the audience wants, if you are part of that audience, especially, you're going to know better than. Google or like uh, an AI generation machine will know what that audience wants. Yeah, it has been crazy following along with the AI chatbot trends over the last few weeks. If you've been hiding under a rock or maybe in a BLM site without Wi-Fi, basically (laughs) there's this chatbot out there that is AI driven and you give it prompts, whatever you want. And, you know, it will give you these very realistic, insanely detailed. I mean, you can be like the other day I told it to write a rap song about my brother-in-law named Ty who likes video games and has three kids and it's ins- and it just spits it out. And it's just so it's crazy. I mean, you could say like, hey, what is the mo- what are the most important things you need to look for when buying or like when renovating RV? And it gave me like five, six steps. And I, I didn't like I haven't written that blog, 
Right. Um, but I, I was just curious, like what kind of prompt they would come up with for something like that. So it is kind of crazy. But One it's also the- potential for help too. I mean, it can be helpful. Like if you're actually guiding it, I think that there will always be like a, a human element that will make the results of the AI more helpful than just like shortcuts. I think that's the thing is like anytime people are looking for shortcuts and trying to get rich without work, I feel like ultimately they're going to maybe have short-term success, but it's not like long-term real success. That's just my view though. My faith. <laughs> yeah. No, I like, I, I have the optimistic outlook too. So I could get into the whole conversation about that. When I feel like I'm talking to some people and they're just talking about how things are getting so bad and, you know, things are going to get worse. And, and I think it does kind of come down to underlying, like, I just have an optimistic viewpoint that things are going to get better and trend. That's just how, you know, I've opted to live. But one of the things that you said stuck out to me and I think what a lot of people are getting started with content or business, like you can get very overwhelmed and think you have to do so many things like email lists, be on all the social different platforms. But one of the things that comes to mind when I think about that is how we ran our RV Entrepreneur Summit, which in my mind, my frame was because you could get overwhelmed by all the details. If we just do a few things right and do those things really well, even if some of the other things don't work out, like it's okay. So those things will kind of fall into place if you do a few things right. For us, it was like find amazing speakers, be very thoughtful of the experience, have a great venue. So there's like a few kind of like bolder, like anchor points for you as a blogger. When you started out, what were those things for you that, you know, were kind of non-negotiables? If you do those things well, the other things fall into place. Do you mean in terms of like what I focused on, like my yeah. time and resources? Exactly. Well, I think there was a phase when I first started the blog where I was just experimenting a lot. I was experimenting with different monetization strategies and experimenting with different topics to write about. And I did spend a lot of time and money on things that ultimately weren't successful. And I feel like that's just part of this expansion phase that anytime you're starting something new, you you have to learn what works and what doesn't work. And so an example of that would be some of the eBooks that I wrote. The third one I wrote, I spent a long time myself putting it together, wasn't happy with how it looked. I ended up hiring a designer, wasn't happy with what they gave me, then gave it to another designer. So I spent tons of money and then it didn't sell hardly any of the the copies of the ebook because I wasn't very good at marketing it. And I don't actually know if it was a great fit for the audience, but that was like a big experiment. And I learned from it. Then towards the end of the, you know, the last couple of years that I owned the website, I decided to just say no to anything. I mean, I knew what was the most profitable for me. And I started saying no more to things that took a lot of time and energy and weren't really bringing me a lot of returns. And for me, that was, I was generating most of my revenue at that point through ads and Amazon links. So I decided to start saying no to one time earnings. For example, sponsored posts. People would sometimes want to pay me to, create Instagram stories and promote them on Instagram or launch their thing to my email list. Like that was something I actually did several times. I promoted the RV Entrepreneur Summit to my email list and some other RV related events and courses and things. And sometimes I would get a little bump of revenue from those, but it was a lot of work and energy for a one-time payout. And so I decided instead to only focus my time and energy on creating content that would continue to generate revenue 
ongoing, even after the one time that I put it out there. So I did have to kind of get to the point where I was saying no to the things that didn't serve the content generation goal. And then I did also look for ways to more automate and do like I I invested in things that would help me with content creation and things that I felt like I needed to have like a Facebook page, but it wasn't really directly bringing me revenue. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on that. So I kind of just put it on autopilot with a software. So those are kind of some of the things, some of the decisions I made to focus my energy on what was working. I think one of the benefits from a buyer perspective on how you have created the business is that there's all these kind of different ancillary revenue streams with advertising, Amazon Associates, you've got the listings on the renovated RVs for sale. And versus if it had been all these one-off kind of mini client projects, if you will, like we're going to do a launch for this, a launch for that. I'd be like, oh, okay, what am I buying here? I'm buying like eight of your relationships. Like not that that, you know what I mean? So that's just something to think about. Like if you're, if you're trying to build something that's sellable, those revenue streams that are much less about you and your relationships are going to go a lot further. So speaking on that, from that front, you talked a little bit about the balance between how much of your personality do you put into something? Because we're at this kind of interesting Mm -hmm. moment with AI where a lot of this content, we're not going to be able to tell. We already probably can't tell if something's written artificially or not. And I don't want this to be the whole theme of the episode, but it is an interesting moment. But also, if you put too much of your personality into it, and the goal is to eventually step away, that can be a challenge too. So how did you think about that in terms of RV inspiration? How much of your personality did you want to put into the business? I never put a lot of my... I never wanted the business to depend on me or to be about me because I did always think that maybe I would sell it one day or maybe I would hire other writers. And I wanted it to feel like it's about the content and it's about the information. And also just kind of by coincidence, I ended up living stationary in an RV for three years. So my expense, my experiences were pretty limited beyond the first few months. I mean, I, I did some blog posts about how I organized my RV, but you can only organize your own RV so many times. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started having to source content from other RV owners experience. So kind of by necessity, I had to not make it just about my own boring life in a trailer park. <laughs> um, that's but, good. That's uh, the name of your, your blog, My Boring Life in a Trailer Park. Right. But then we we like do go to this whole, um, if you're too removed from it, then it's easy to copy. And sometimes that did happen to me. I would write an article that did really well until someone else came along and wrote the same article. And then the newer article outranked my original one, even if I was the first person to think of writing about that topic. And that felt really frustrating. I do have some content that's still doing pretty well that I think it's a good blend. It's like, it's not dependent on me as in, as in this is my story, but there's an element of personal experience that makes it really hard to duplicate. And the, I think the best example is I have a, a couple of articles about skirting your RV for winter. I have one that's like a roundup of the best or really all. It's like complete guide to types of RV skirting. Here are all of your options when it comes to RV skirting. And other people have um, written similar articles that are also doing well in Google. I don't know where the one I wrote is sitting currently. I tried to be very helpful and comprehensive and make it 
the best possible article on that topic. So I think it is still doing pretty well for that reason. But it is something that someone could write without necessarily having lived in an RV, even though I do think somebody who has that experience of buying RV skirting is going to have a little more insight into what makes good RV skirting. But Google doesn't necessarily know all that. But I have another article that's about how my husband and I made RV skirting out of billboard tarp vinyl. And that article is like an AI content machine could not create all those pictures of us like grommet punching the tarp vinyl and (laughs) hanging the skirting and then talking about what we learned and what we would do better and different next time. Like that's something that if there was a team of writers that were also RVers writing for RV Inspiration, you could have that type of content without it being dependent on the owner to create. But it is still personal in that it's about real RV owners experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is like, if you create something good content wise, like other people are inevitably going to copy it. But the goal is to, you know, I guess just think of unique content that nobody else is doing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, I think so. And also to kind of like, stay on top of the trends that you're seeing. And whether that means you're part of a trend, like, I wasn't making RV skirting, because I thought it would be a great blog post. I thought I needed to make RV skirting. And I thought, man, there's no great idea out here for how to make your own RV skirting. All I see are these expensive options. I'm just going to make my own and then I'm going to blog about it and blaze that trail. And I know other people are doing that in their own way with different things. Like I know I talked to the um, couple that bought the campground in Montrose and I was like, so many people want to start an RV park right now. And you guys should be blogging about all of the like the challenges and the difficulties. And they were kind of like, well, we want to wait till it's perfect before we start blogging about it. And I was like, no, this is when you need to be blogging about it because you're blazing the trail right now. And that's what other people want to read about before they venture out on their own. Yeah, totally. I agree. There was very little helpful information around buying and building an RV park. And it's probably why we made some of those mistakes ourselves. As far as sourcing content, if someone's thinking about starting a blog and they don't want to necessarily be the domain expert or they want to insert some of their personalities into it, but also get ideas from other people, what are some of the best ways that you went about sourcing content from other creators? I think building relationships is really important. And that can depend on the niche that you're in. Initially, I was in a bunch of Facebook groups and I was really active in those Facebook groups myself. So it wasn't like I was just there to poach content. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when I would, when somebody would post a picture, I would maybe leave a comment or send them a message and ask them if I could feature their photo on my blog. And they were always really excited about the idea. Later on, I used Instagram that same way. And people now know RV Inspiration well enough on Instagram that they're excited that RV Inspiration wants to feature their photo. But early on, I think just being genuine and like genuinely complimentary, like pointing out something in their content that's unique. And I don't know, like really, really meaning it when I say I love your RV renovation. Can I share a picture? Not just having a copy and paste that I'm using the same one for every single person. So I think that can look like different things for different niches and different topics. But I relationships have really been a big part of my success with blogging, both in sourcing content and in 
promoting the content and finding new opportunities and angles. Yeah, I love it. One of the things that uh, shifting a little bit away from that, like you've done a really good job of creating a business that didn't own you and your time. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't actually publish all that many articles in the past year and your business was still generating revenue and money. And, you know, you have kind of these things that you put in place. So maybe we can kind of talk a little bit about some of the processes that you put in place. Starting specifically, one of the things I was most impressed with is you use a software tool called Get Outline. Isn't that what it's called? Or is it just called Outline? It's, uh, I think the domain name is Get Outline. It's called Outline. It just has you for documenting processes. I mean, you could do this in Word docs or anywhere, yeah. but you have every really part of your business kind of like put into place. So when did you start creating these processes and, and hiring a VA? Like when did you kind of start the process of finding things that would work when you weren't? Let's see. I hired my first VA to help me with starting the RV Inspiration Instagram account because I had an idea for that account that I knew would work. And I just was like, I'm going to launch this account. I know what it's going to be. We're going to ask people if we can feature their photos of their renovated RV interiors. And that's going to take a lot of outreach to find RVs to feature. It later got to the point where people were submitting their RVs to be featured. But initially, we were just scouring Instagram and asking people if we could share their photos. So I, I didn't want to do all that myself. So I hired someone that was a an RV owner that was willing to do that. And that person worked for me for, I don't remember how long, a few months or maybe a year. And then I needed to that person left me and I needed to hire someone else to do the same thing. So I think it started with as I hired someone new and I already had systems in place that I had developed, I had to communicate how I wanted things to be done. And then that happened again. Like the the second person I hired worked for, for me for a few years and then she went off and wanted to do her own thing. So I had to hire a third person. And when you do that a few times, you're like, well, I don't want to just have to rewrite everything every time. There's actually a lot of documentation, or this is what I'm talking about, documentation, but there's a lot of content on the internet about creating SOPs or standard operating procedures. And that's what it really is, is like thinking through your processes and writing them down. But something that I learned that was valuable is that the way I communicate isn't always the way my VA learns. So if I write out a very detailed process, for one thing, that takes a long time to write out. And for two things, that person might not read well or like learn well by reading. And maybe they learn better through video. So later I started, instead of just writing out everything, I would record a video. Like I would use Loom, which is just like a screen recorder to demonstrate myself doing the process. And then this kind of depended on the VA too. But one of my VAs actually would go through my videos and write out the processes herself. So a lot of my documentation is created by the people that were doing those jobs. Some of it I did write out, but the processes evolved over time. So I would have my VAs update the processes to keep them up to date with how they were doing things. Or if if I gave them additional information, I would have them go and update the documentation. And then it got to where the last person I hired was completely trained by the previous person who was in that role. Like I I had a video chat with her to meet her and make sure that she wanted to work for me. And then I introduced her to the person who was leaving the role. And I said, 
This person is going to be your point of contact. You can ask them all your questions and they'll train you <laughs> and, <laughs> and it worked. So it, it was really just really cool to be able to know that at that point, it was going to keep going without my involvement. I mean, okay. I'm not like not involved, but you know, I, I've actually only had like one or two conversations ever with the person that is running renovatedrvsforsale.com. She's been great. And we chat a lot actually through Slack, but she didn't need me to learn how to do the job. That's super helpful if you are ever thinking about potentially stepping out and trying to sell it. Because from a new owner perspective coming in now, I haven't even went through all of the documentations that you've created. And I haven't had to because I know that they're going and they're working without me having to jump in and do them at this time. But it's something that a new owner is able to look at and study and you know basically get to know the business. And I think there's, from my perspective coming in, when we were looking at, you know, do we want to buy RV Inspiration Art, renovate RV Easter sales? Like, look how documented everything is. Like, if Ashley's paying this much attention to detail and creating these processes, like, I think this is going to be something that is a good buy from our perspective. So it seems like not just good for today, creating processes, but if you ever think about selling it too. Well, it's amazing to see your journey. And I'm personally, we're really stoked on our end to be the new buyers and stewards of. RV Inspiration and Renovated RVs for Sale. If anybody wants to get started and thinking about creating a blog today, what are a few pieces of advice that you would give them? I think my biggest piece of advice is the same thing I've been saying like every time I've had a chance to talk about blogging, which is to really try to help your audience first and foremost. Everything you do should be with them in mind. If you want to just have a blog for fun to document whatever you want and write about whatever you want, that's a different thing. But a business starts with a product. And in the case of a blog or a content website, the product is the content that's being published. And if there's no market for the product, then you're not going to be able to sell it or get people to be interested in it. So starting with the audience, and that doesn't mean you have to write about stuff that you're not interested in. If you're writing for an audience that you care about and that you're part of, then you probably will be interested in what you're writing about. And even if it's not something that's super exciting to you, like, you know, I wrote articles about wood stoves in RVs, and I'm not personally planning to put a wood stove in an RV, and I don't have a lot of passion for that. But as I started researching it, I thought it was interesting and I just like helping people. So I think sometimes it doesn't really matter so much the specifics of how you're helping someone, it can be really gratifying to know that you are helping someone. So I think the biggest piece of advice really is know who you're writing for and center everything around how best to help them. I love that. And one thing that has surprised me since in our first week of owning RV Inspiration has been how many ideas that I've come up with and been genuinely excited for from a content perspective, whereas I've struggled with Heath and Alyssa to do the oh. same because I feel it's so attached to who we are, our oh. journey, what we're going through. And there's just things I don't feel comfortable doing. And it's it's more of like, here's what I've learned as I've decided to buy a campground and then sell it or you know go to all 50 states or start a conference or whatever. And with RV Inspiration, I'm like, how can we you know just create really amazing content that are going to make, you know, like to help people make their RVs feel like home? And, you know, like these articles can do this or this or this, you know, and I don't know, it's been a lot easier than I would have thought. So that's been one of the biggest pros that I didn't expect. Uh, like freeing almost. 
It's totally freeing. It's like, this isn't about me. This is just supposed to be helpful for somebody else. And I think that if you're struggling, you know, with the whole dilemma between personal brand and that, like you can have both, but recognize that they are very different. And uh, that's something that has been kind of a fun thing. If people want to follow you and your new journey and whatever you do next, where is a good place to connect with you? Man, I I put up a page just the other day, just because I was like, I need to have some way for people to follow me. <laughs> So I have um, a website. It's ashleyman.me. And if you go to ashleyman.me slash subscribe, then if you want to join my email list, you won't receive any emails right away. <laughs> but <laughs> if I ever decide to email you, then you'll be on the list. So awesome. also, and that's Ashley with a... Yeah, dot me M-E. And just as a disclaimer, all I need to update that website it's advertising services that I don't necessarily know that I want to offer. So like website design and stuff like sure. that. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to that episode today with Ashley. Please be sure to go and thank her on her site. Always appreciate guests and their time. And I will see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. <laughs>